Welcome to another episode of Mr. Baseball, the podcast where we're talking all things sports movie. I'm your host, Mr. Baseball, Jonathan Foster, and this is my bad boy, Phil Freitas. Phil, how's it going, man? You ready Good. for this latest? <laughs> you ready for this <laughs> latest, latest episode. episode of this podcast where we're talking about all things sports movies, particularly baseball movies? It's Mr. Baseball. Yes, Mr. Baseball. I am, I'm excited as I am every week to be here with you. <laughs> Talking everything sports and movies and, you know, baseball. It's Mr. Baseball. baseball. Everybody loves an underdog story and a comeback tale, but there's no better medium to spin these kind of yards than a sports movie, Phil. And in my opinion, there's no better sport about than a baseball movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, incredibly eloquent. That word? Eloquent? An eloquent a word? Is eloquent a word? Eloquent. There's a, that's like mental gymnastics you're doing there. See, yeah. see ladies hit, and gentlemen. Hit, hit us up at Mr. Baseball Pod. <laughs> <laughs> and, f- you know, find out. You're right. Yes, agreed. Baseball <laughs> is the greatest of all um, sports and movie sports. I mean, you and I, you know, we're both long-running uh, fans of baseball. And people know me, you know, you less know. But yeah, yeah. Every, everybody already knows that. What, what'd you go? I'm the real friend. Yeah. I don't know why I'm called Mr. Yeah. Baseball. I think maybe uh, you should be called Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Mr. Baseball. You know, we'll see. If I break your record by the end of this episode, we'll trade. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. Well, Phil, the MLB lockout is finally over. The 2022 season is about to begin. Mm-hmm. Spring I know is, that. Spring is sprung, motherfucker. So grab your mitts, <laughs> your cracker jets. <laughs> Get a dog and a brew. <laughs> We're here today to take you out to the ball game as we talk about a baseball movie. And what movie is that, Phil? It's Mr. Baseball. I can't believe it took this long to talk about Mr. Baseball, you know, yeah. and this is what the show was named after. Yeah, man. This is the show's namesake, Mr. Baseball. It should baseball. have been the first episode. It should really. have been the first episode for real. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we just got excited about the idea. We had to just run with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you can't you can't give them the best, you know. You have to build up. You have to, to build best. up to it. And now that we've built up to the best, yeah. we're ready. We're ready to give you the best. Yeah. The best of all time. Yeah, so it's the 1992 sports comedy directed by Fred Chapisi, who uh, who's directed the the giant nosed uh, Steve Martin and uh, Daryl Hannah. Oh, Roxanne and Roxanne. Roxanne, I love that song. I didn't realize that that was a Cyrano de Bergerac adaptation. Isn't it? Yeah, because they got that new Cyrano film out. Or- yeah, I didn't realize they were connected. I thought it was Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that. <laughs> Very literal. Yeah. Uh, and then also, he did that. Have you ever seen this film? All right, it's Walter Matthau playing Albert Einstein. <laughs> and the Tim Robbins and Meg Ryan rom com called IQ. <laughs> no. That sounds fake, well, doesn't that, it? That does sound fake. <laughs> it's real. I, I thought you were going to be like in Grumpy Old Smart Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it sounds fake as shit, but that's that's a hundred percent real. Um, I thought this yeah. would movie was fucking fake, so let's just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> when you told me about it, I was like, no, nah, that's not that's not real. Well, if you haven't seen it, the film stars Tom Selleck as Jack Elliott. He's an aging American baseball player who is unsuspectingly traded away to Japan. Japan, and is met with serious culture clash as. 
The brash and boorish Jack is forced to learn the ways of his stern new manager, and he falls in love with uh, PR agent Hiroko. Bill, what's your thoughts on Mr. Baseball? Mr. Mr. Baseball. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. All the, it was like all it was cracked up to be. Yeah, and more. All these years, me like, all these talking d- about Mr. Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. I mean, yeah, the long road to get here. Um, no joke. I actually really dug this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really fun. This is a classic fish out of water. I wanted to make a joke there, like a sushi joke, and I couldn't think of one. Um, a sushi out of water. That doesn't work either. Yeah. It's, a, it's a classic fish out of water romp. Yes, it with is. With my boy, Tom Selleck. I think this is the only uh, movie I've seen him lead outside of Three Men and a Baby. And looking at it, uh, like IMDb, this seemed to have ruined his career. <laughs> but he's great. He's Mr. Baseball. He's Mr. Baseball. He's Mr. Baseball, and he totally lived up to the name. I have no idea what he's doing in this movie. I don't know what is happening in the game. Bottom of the the ninth, triple downs, and, you know, dealing in show two, and just, I don't know. I know if he hits, it's good. And if he doesn't, it's not good. Until the end where he doesn't hit, he bunts, and... That's something else where you don't hit, but you still win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to follow it. So, ladies and gentlemen, Phil here is not a uh, baseball fan. <laughs> He's born and bred in the United Kingdom. Yeah, and does not know about baseball. I have a fair. I like you know. I have a a, a basic knowledge. I understand. How the game is played, yeah. but it's all the specifics and the lingo. I'm like, I, yeah, it 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 lost on me. But it, it, I love baseball movies. Yeah, I like I, I I did want to bring up, like I I wanted to ask you, like because okay, so you're not a baseball fan because baseball largely just doesn't really exist here in the UK. True. Yeah, uh, there's we have rounders, rounders which is <laughs> like these primitive Blame. versions of baseball that you know and were, cricket. Yeah, and cricket, which is a uh, <laughs> Where, well, I guess it was made here in, in Britain, yeah, but then but transported all over the world, particularly in Southeast Asia and stuff. But um, yeah, I just wanted to know like what your thoughts were as far as like, did you understand what was going on in the film <laughs> at all uh, in terms of the baseball? I didn't realize that the opening was a dream sequence. <laughs> and I was just like, I swear it's only three strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets to six, and I'm like, this is definitely a dream or something. Yeah. And I was just, I was like, I felt stupid. I was just like, wait, is this different? I'm like, have I have I been misled? Is that like a misnomer? I was like, yeah. no, because that's a common expression. Like yeah, three, three strikes, strikes you're out. out. Yeah. And then he wakes up in some girl's dorm room, I think. I don't I don't really know what the what the uh in Insinuation is there? It's a birthday party? I mean, I think there was a college dorm room. He hooked up with some girl on the road. <laughs> yeah. My man was a player. In all senses of the word. <laughs> we have to get into it. I think it's I'm a go, ball player. Because we're going to go through and this film. I love ball and shit. <laughs> but like, yeah, he, 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 left, he led a life before the events of this film. 
a very interesting life, one could assume. Yeah. Based on the fact that he is Tom Selleck. I mean, this man. Already, Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. This dude. He had a baby and a little lady. This dude. Before this. Literally could have been Indiana Jones. He was first choice. Really? Yeah. He got that vibe, man. My man was first choice. The only reason why he didn't do it was because he was Magnum P.I. And he had a contract that was uh, basically either renewed or whatever. And the uh, television company was like, I'm sorry, Mr. Spielberg and Mr. Lucas, but uh, you can't have Magnum P.I. Because he's needed on set. And he needs the mustache. Yeah. And they didn't go to David Hasselhoff. They went right to Hasselhoff Ford. Do you think they would have had a... <laughs> David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh, man. Do you think they would have had a, a, a stash on Jones? Dr. Jones had uh, I Tom fucking hope so. Otherwise, yeah. why'd you cast Tom Selleck? Yeah, seriously, man. T-Sex. My man, like... My man's cool. Like, I'm not no, even lying. cool in this movie, dude. I'm not even lying. I, he's laid back. I cool. wanted to, like, go and get a uh, knockoff Rolex Pepsi edition... Pepsi Rolex because that's what he wore in Magnum PI and it looks yeah, cool yeah, shit. Yeah. You can get them for really cheap on the internet. You know, cheap compared to like a, a real, a real Rolex. What's yeah. the internet? <laughs> <laughs> this is Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. <laughs> All right. So yeah, how many baseball films have you seen prior to Mr. Baseball? All of them. All of them. <laughs> I've seen uh, Moneyball. Moneyball. Lo- yeah. Love Moneyball, but that one's about math more than baseball. Yeah. That's modern baseball right there, man. Yeah. That uh, Field of Dreams. Love Field of Dreams. Bull yeah. Durham. Same kind of film. Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner seems to be the king of the baseball movie. Yeah, yeah. He's a baseball man. I've seen um, Major League, and that was weird because this felt like very much riffing off Major League. It even had one of the same guys yeah. from Major League. Yeah, definitely, uh, man. Yeah. This is definitely riffing on Major League, I think. I think this film like sort of... It's definitely off the back of Major League. Major League is like the late 80s. This is mm-hmm. 1992. So like you still got like a little bit of life in in like, you know, the, I don't know, the late 80s and <laughs> early 90s. Like we're like it was a period for baseball films in particular, like yeah, sports, films sports movies kind of were big. Thing. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, baseball like was really prolific in creating some yeah. very entertaining films. Like uh, one of your favorite the Sandlot. The Sandlot, yeah. Sandlot kid. That's a, a goal one. I, I I think like uh Sandlot is like one of the just best baseball films about like kids. Obviously, there's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, coming of age. Yeah, there obviously there's uh the the what call it the Bad News Bears, which is like a classic underdog story film. But I feel like actual you know harnessing on baseball and kids and kids playing baseball and the magic of the game and the love of the game and the friends you make along the mm. way and all that, like that is the Sandlot. Yeah. Whereas probably the most realistic, like you want to get into the nitty gritty of like what it's like playing baseball. Most baseball players would say Bull Durham is oh, like, yeah? the most realistic. Oh, I'm glad I've seen it then. Yeah. As far as like what it's like to be on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Being a baseball player. I mean, that's literally, it's like the young guy and he's been sort of courted from two ends and yeah. just showed the ropes and learned. You know, had to mature and like had to hone his skills. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Um, and of course, uh, Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, <laughs> classic, all time classic. Where does this rank? Or you're gonna save that? Like, where does it fall for me? Because you know, I might be judging it on a different scale. Yeah, but like, 
Mr. Baseball, I don't know how it's looked at. I don't know if it's considered. Yeah. I had never heard of it, and I don't know why. Yeah, I think it's sort of like a middling sort of film, to be honest. It's one of those films where I think some people would say it's like, you know, uh, it's a fun film. And mm. some might say that it's a bad movie. Some it's might got, it's say it's got 12% on Rotten Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was expecting a shitstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really get it. Like, I think it's it's one of those things because, like, you you have like different types of baseball movies, so or or just sports movies in general. Mm. There's like you have your you know underdog tale, like your Rockies or you know the bad news, the Bears, Water Boy, like the Water Boy. <laughs> 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 and then you've got your uh you've got your like you know like veteran man who's trying to make a comeback a comeback story which mm-hmm. mr baseball kind of falls in mr that. baseball um but then the with that kind of also lead you know lends itself to like fish out of water tells and stuff as well mm. which is mr baseball in a nutshell um yeah so yeah i don't know it's like a, it's an interesting sort of thing like that you can get all these different stories from all like you know just I don't know, like just different styles of films, like, and just put baseball as like a context around it, like, you know, yeah, uh, or putting it in the context of baseball. And you could replace it with any sort of sport. Yeah. I feel like Rocky could be about anything. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know so much, you know, this is Mr. Baseball. I think it kind of needs to be Mr. Baseball. Even mm-hmm. just Japan, because baseball is like a phenomenon in Japan. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, like, I don't know how authentic this movie <laughs> with all the different um you know traditions or rules but i found that really interesting yeah um even if it's sort of i know it sort of does the whole like they have to learn from each other but mm. it does feel like they need to be like be more american <laughs> to play <laughs> to play the game properly <laughs> yeah there is a bit of a like a head clashing of the cultures which is kind of interesting and it like feels like you could also go like a very dodgy territory as well that's especially, what was most impressive yeah, about it. Yeah, especially being like an early 90s movie. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. a white man goes to Japan. And even, I think, part of the problem with this film is maybe the marketing around it was too largely American audiences. Mm. Um, and the way they marketed it was kind of slightly weird. Like, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but the trailer's like, no. it's got like turning Japanese in it, which is just like... It's just <laughs> fucking stupid. Like Damn every, nail. every fucking dumbass like '90s movie, they want it to be slightly racist or whatever. Like it, it's just it but feels racist when you put that song in for some reason. Oh yeah, you know. Especially since it's about jerking off. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the poster like this is the biggest thing hit in Japan since Godzilla and it's just like yeah I saw that I saw that I love that poster and it it said Tom Selleck on the back (laughs) yeah why it's bigger than the fucking name of the movie yeah and then like you know so you have those things going on but then once you actually get into the film you're like expecting there to be like just (laughs) trash throughout but it actually it kind of skirts it pretty nicely it's and a real it's, movie. And it's like I was surprised that it was it, a real movie. Yeah, it was yeah. like arcs and themes and yeah. shit. <laughs> and they actually like, you know, are relatively respectful to Japanese culture and they try yeah. to show it's, quite it's more smart. about learning about a culture. And he it comes is. in and he's like such a big dickhead, you know, coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, and Tom Selleck plays it perfectly. I mean, I, Perfect I, I like Tom Selleck. I do. 
I liked I liked me from Tom Selleck. Magnum PI is fun. Uh, one of my favorite films that he's in is In and Out, which is like hilarious. It's like a queer film. He's like a gay reporter, and Kevin Klein is the star of the film. And Kevin Klein's like a, a English teacher or something, or a drama teacher or something. I can't really remember, but is uh, he has a student that becomes an actor and he wins an Oscar and he outs Kevin Klein. Oh, you've told me about yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. He outs great. him on stage, like at the Oscars, and everybody's just like, "Whoa, you're gay!" And it's a small town, and he's just like, "I'm not gay." <laughs> and then it becomes this big story, like Tom Selleck's this reporter who happens to be gay. And he comes in and like, you know, starts talking to him about yeah. all this. And it's like, oh, man, you got to out it and stuff. And then like, it just turns into this funny sort of thing where he's like, actually, maybe I am gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, funny. Yeah. It's such a good movie. Like that sounds What's like it could be dodgy. Mr. Gay. It's actually really good. Uh, it's called in- <laughs> Mr. Gay. Uh, it, it's called in and out <laughs> Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to check that. Good, good. Uh, Tom Selleck is like it's one of those. Um, like Scott Bakula, yeah. really fucking good actor. Obviously, both did great work on TV, mm. but they never seem to um, break into movies. Although they do have a handful of uh, like great movies that they've been in, yeah, they seem to have never hit, you know, broken through. And they both deserve to. And it's kind of, kind of a shame, especially like knowing now, fucking Tom Selleck could have been indie. I yeah. could totally picture he got that just sort of. He can be strong and stoic, but he can be a wide nut yeah. at the same time. And he can be a bit cheeky and have fun. And that's a unique energy. Yeah. It's like very natural and like it plays an asshole really well, but it's so fucking likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like when everything, when he turned it around at the end, you're like, so you're, let's you're like go. down for it. You're rooting yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like, let's burn all our shoes. <laughs> <laughs> He's also very good at like uh, doing the, the like romance thing, which this film has that arc, which is very kind of funny, but we can get into it. I think uh, let's just talk about the film. I mean, like you already mentioned, it starts with the weird ass dream sequence. Four, four tie in the bottom of the ninth, two on two out and a three and two count on Jack Elliott, who hit only two thirty five during the regular season. Sean, this is really a tough spot for Elliott to be in. Anytime you come off as hard a year as he had, seems like every little strikeout just comes back to haunt you at a moment like this. Come on, Jack! Park it! Park ball for strike three. That'll even up the count at three and three. Jack! Come on, it's a long season. Let's go! Get in there and take another hack. It looks like Elliott's really in a hole now. Yeah, you know, this is the thing that Elliot really didn't want, to fall behind in a count like this. Anytime you get that third strike on you, it gets awfully tough to battle back. I, you know, I, I had recently seen this, like, back last summer, and then I rewatched it for this, and uh, I was, like, again, completely forgot that that's how it starts. Because, like... <laughs> It starts and it looks like, oh man, we're getting in for like a really low budget dodgy. That's time. what I thought. It Again, looks I like, thought Rocky, you know, yeah. like Rocky, they had to black out, we black out everything, just to like and just pipe in fake crowd noise, just to make yeah. it seem like they're like at a stadium, a Yankee but stadium. But we're trying to like do it really on the cheap. Um, but then it turns out like you know, no, it's like, an aesthetic oh, it's a, choice. It's a dream. It's a dream. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. this movie had mad money behind it. <laughs> yeah. but then they then they uh they go 
like he he wakes up from his dream and then we're in spring training in Florida in 1992 mm-hmm. and Jack is on the New York Yankees. So we're in spring training, we're at a camp and this is like more like what a this is what's going on now in America. Um mm-hmm. in Florida and Arizona, you got the spring training camps and it very much would look like this. It's a very you know, it's just like cheap stadiums uh some people some, spitting in buckets yeah especially in the 90s i mean now like you got some pretty nice training facilities but i mean at the same time it looks like you're at a high school game compared <laughs> to like or a college game but you're not at a major league stadium For sure, so it's very yeah. cheap looking um so it kind of works uh but jack he's obviously the fun loving bet on the team mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. talks a big game but he's lost a step he's gotten he's, sloppy he's gotten sloppy mm. um we see a rookie phenom first baseman named Ricky Davis, who's uh, actually was a big league player. He's played oh, by the future Hall of Famer, the Big Hurt, Frank Thomas. Oh, um, nice. Who is a badass, very awesome player. Played a good portion of his career with the uh, Chicago White Sox. Uh, apparently, though, Frank Thomas's massive power that we see in the film wasn't enough to please director Fred Chapisi. Mm-hmm. They used the cannon to shoot that ball into dead center. I was gonna say, I was like, that that can't be a real hit. Yeah, because they were like, they were like, come on, you gotta, you gotta shoot it you out there. The man. Come on, you gotta hit it out, man. You hit it dead <laughs> center, like it's you fucking easy or something. A <laughs> fucking command. Come on, yeah. come on, hit it out there. No, so yeah, they had to use a cannon for that. But I, I mean, he was spraying shots all over the place, uh, just so, all yeah. over the fucking house, Franco. <laughs> And uh, we learned that the Yankees decided to go with this youthful slugger over the veteran Jack. Mm-hmm. I mean, this very, happens. Very reminiscent of a current pitch situation with your team. Yeah, Mr. Freddie Frederick Freeman of the Braves. Although he didn't get traded away, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Jack. Uh, all right, so they 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 placed him on the trading block. And he sat down in his office with another another guy who shows up in baseball a lot. I, I forget his name. It's like Art something. Um, I know who you mean. Uh, yeah, the, his manager. But yeah. he, he plays Babe Ruth in the dream sequence in the Sandlot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, like they place him on the trading block and they say there's only one taker. And it's the Nagoya Chinichi Dragons of the Central League in Japan's Nippon Professional Baseball. Japan. <laughs> This would never happen, ever. Yeah, please explain to me. That's not how trading works, right? Because he's like, oh, no, not Canada. Like, all right, so Canada would make sense because there are, like, at the time, there was the Montreal Expos and there was uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays still exist. The Expos have moved to Washington and become the Nationals. But, but yeah, like, that makes sense. But there's no other... League, like you know, you can't trade to another like that doesn't make like, sense. League yeah. outside the country that has nothing to do with Major League Baseball. You're just selling him. <laughs> yeah, like you could release him, and his contract, like, well, I mean, his contract would be done, and yeah. then he could sign with Japan. I think they should have done that. Like, yeah, we're releasing you, and he's like, oh shit, and he's pressuring his agent. And he's like, look, I only have one buyer for you. Yeah, and it's Japan. Yeah, yeah, because like that, that would make sense like the japanese teams want you that's cool because that happens a lot like it'll be a guy big who's, who's uh you know sometimes it'll be a guy who was a former star 
where most of the time these guys will find some kind of work if it was like a big, big star. But like guys who have sort of, I don't know, like decent careers, but not like crazy. They have a name. You know, they have a bit yeah. of a name. Or young guys who like are good enough to play professional baseball, but maybe not good enough to play in the MLB. Mm. They'll play like a minor league, you know, years, maybe make the big club, but then they get cut and then they're like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Japan or I'll go to Mexico or make some money. Yeah. yeah. And they'll play in these other leagues around the world. But um, yeah, no trades. That wouldn't happen. And I figured it would like something they do like uh, like in American soccer, not to uh, not to legitimize, that's not the right word, but like when they you know, sign Beckham onto the LA Galaxy, yeah. right? And he, you know, at that point, he was at the end of his career and it was a big money contract. And he's not going to win anything for them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's a, he's a mascot and he'll yeah. get them attention and money and ticket sales. Again, Moneyball. That's exactly what they do in Moneyball. But this, I like that they sort of turn it. He does have something left to give to the game and yeah. he yeah, wants yeah. to find it too honestly this movie is um, ahead of its time because it's and it's not honestly not that far removed it's lost in translation it's the <laughs> yeah, same dude, fucking movie dude. about lost in it's translation it's got the ad scene. you got the adverts and all it's that it's taken yeah. very seriously it's got some maybe some shitty jokes in it like yeah. with lost in translation does as well yeah. that movie got some fucking racist moments so it's not it's not world apart I think it's you know We'll do the meme. Mr. Baseball does the meme. Mm-hmm. Mr. Baseball walked, so Lost in Translation could run. <laughs> Perfect. Fuck around and find out, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just merging them together. Yeah, so I mean, like, this wouldn't happen, Phil, but in 2008, during spring training, former Major League pitcher Brett Myers, who is kind of an asshole, um, <laughs> of the Philadelphia Phillies, he pulled this elaborate prank on his teammate and a fellow pitcher who was 23-year-old Kyle Kendrick. It's just a boy. Just a boy. <laughs> which involved a fake trade to Japan for a pitcher named Kobayashi Iwamura, which was a... Uh, basically, Kobayashi was named after the renowned hot dog-eating competitor, mm. Kobayashi. I don't know if you know about... Don't know. <laughs> like, competitive hot dog-eating. He's like... He was like, the, the biggest star and could... But- the people who like dip the hot dog in water and then just like engulf it, yeah, yeah, engulf it. They don't even shoot. Yeah. Terrifying. That needs to be a movie. The choking um, actor, Mister 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 Hot Dogs, <laughs> Mister Mister Eater. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the prank was actually successful. It's a it's a pretty funny like you know moment in baseball history because like they they went really far. So. What they did was they had the Phillies manager, Charlie Manuel at the time, who he and the assistant general manager, Ruben Amaro Jr. And the entire Phillies clubhouse, so like uh, a pretty good amount of players and stuff and uh, clubhouse workers and all that, the travel agent and all that, and Kyle Kendrick's agent, they, they were all in on it. And then to make matters worse, the press was in on it. So they sat Kendrick down. They told him, Look, kid, you've been traded to Japan to, funny enough, the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon mortal enemy. The mortal enemy of the Chinichi Dragons, the Uemori Giants. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they, they told him this, and then uh, he was completely fooled. He was, like, literally, like, almost in tears. He was completely confused. 
Like he was literally a strong contender for the rookie of the year the previous year. <laughs> and they were like he had like, a monster nah, rookie bad. year. And then he was handed a copy of his like $1.5 million contract, his itinerary. And he was told to pack his bags for his flight in the next morning. And he gets up, he leaves, he tells his like fellow players, like, I just got traded to Japan. And they're like, what? They're like, uh, actually can't be traded to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, he, he, he calls his agent and he's like on the phone with his agent. His agent tells him, you know, yep, it's real. And, uh, you know, it might be good for you in the long run. And then this is the biggest rib ever. Yeah. It's horrible. And this <laughs> went on until he was landed in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, uh, Basically, in baseball, when these trades and stuff happen, sometimes they'll do like like quick press conferences or something mm-hmm. like that, or a quick mm-hmm. chat with the press. So basically, there was press there, and like I said, they were in on it. So Kendrick and the assistant general manager Ruben Amaro Jr. went to the talk to the press, and they're talking to the press, and then Brett Myers just jumps out from behind, and this really dates when this happened. But he said, "You know what I say? You just got punked." No, <laughs> and everybody just went Ashton Kutcher. They just all start laughing, and he's just sort of like, "Damn, man!" <sighs> so fucking like, hate baseball. People like talk about how this is such an epic moment, but like I read an article about how like he fired his agent soon after this. <laughs> I would too, because like I can't fucking trust you. Yeah, like you'd be you- like, "Oh, they traded you to the Dodgers," and they like, and you're like, "Yeah, fuck off!" And like, no, seriously, they actually did. Back your bag. <laughs> like, no. No, no. It's just like the time you told me I got traded to the Giants in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the Japanese baseball team name, so this is like great. So I mean, like the Chinichi Dragons is kind of a cool name. Like that's the cool. Yumimori Giants, like their mortal enemies, like cool. I mean, but that's you know, there's a baseball team called the Giants. There's an American football team called the Giants. Mm-hmm. But there's some other teams, and like you, you were uh, before we started to record, you were talking about the names of the teams and stuff, and whether or not like. Like this was all legit and stuff. Like yeah, you know, yeah. Which ones were real? Yeah, or not. but most of the teams they play in this this film, like you don't really talk about much except for the Giants because the Giants literally were like a like dynasty team. They're sort of like mm. the Yankees in America. Like they're just yeah. like a big time team. They had a lot of the best players and all the money and stuff. So like anytime there was like a chance, you could. uh have like a team that like the dragons or whatever that would you know stand up to them it was come like up against deal. them yeah that's so, like yeah i love an underdog story yeah. man this dude this movie is an underdog story and a comeback story and a fish out of water damn like clash of cultures movie <laughs> yeah. bro people sleeping on mr yeah. baseball sleeping on mr baseball yeah wake up mr baseball <laughs> uh but yeah some of the other japanese team names there's the yakult swallows <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> oh shit and they have swallows tattooed on their hands you got the Yokohama DNA Bay Stars cool love it love you got it. the Hok- Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters <laughs> great name <laughs> okay you got the uh, Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles as well that's cool that's a cool that's name cool. as well Golden Eagle yeah, yeah. I want to be cool a Golden names. Eagle yeah. I mean we've we've talked about this how Stupid some uh, American team like the jazz. Yeah, I understand it, but it's dumb. You can't. Yeah, you can't be a jazz. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, But you can be a bull, and you can be. You can't heat. Can't be heat. What the fuck? I know he's like, oh, bring the heat. Dumb. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like, you know, like, isn't there a fucking Canadian team just called the Canadian? Oh, yeah, yeah, in, in hockey. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Step it up. I mean, all of those are better than the football team names we have here. They're no fun. Yeah. They're no fun. They have nicknames, but they're no fun. Yeah, no one knows what the nicknames are, really, unless you're a really big fan. But, like, uh, a person the on the outside is just like, what? Arsenal? Okay. Uh, yeah, cool. Kind of like a station? <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. No, I think I've been there. But, you know, who wouldn't go see the fucking giant for Dragon? I want to see that shit. Yeah, we we saw cool. that movie. Yeah. We did a whole hour about it last year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, upon arrival to Japan, Jack Elliott, he immediately has clashes with the Japanese culture. His interpreter, Yoji, Yoji! played by Toshi Shioa, does his best to cover up Jack's rude comments. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love I love Jack, given the management of the Chunichi, Chunichi Dragons, his like baseball card. That was funny. That was, was like, very funny. Don't sit on my face. I love that he's such a mark for himself, though, because he like he's... Why you would know, he have those? He, he's, he shows up to practice and stuff, or, or he's walking around his apartment, and he's still got his, like, New York Yankees gear I on. I noticed that. Yeah. He's got his, like, his World Series ring on, mm. and then he's carrying around his own baseball cards. It's like... <laughs> Dude. It's great. It's so funny. I mean, like, it's just funny, though, because, like, this man, like, I'm just trying to, like, figure out how good of a player he was. I mean, he he says that he was, an M- like, a World Series MVP. Mm. Um. And if you yeah. play for the Yankees, the Yankees are always kind of a good team. I don't know about like the time period, really. Like the the early '90s, they weren't as strong. They didn't really start to get it like good again until like the mid '90s. But mm-hmm. like the early '90s, they weren't really. It was a down really period. There, yeah, it's a bit of a down period. But like anyway, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like Jack Elliott is apparently this he was a stud i don't know like it was a hot shot 20 years ago how old is he meant to be man tom Selleck is just like ageless but yeah. like this dude's like fucking 40 right yeah he was meant to be like i think 37 38 but in real life he was like in his 40s i, think, like, <laughs> I could tell probably pushing 47 <laughs> <laughs> but he got that mean swing man yeah but it doesn't take long for Jack. You know, he he starts to annoy his team's manager. Mm. He starts to alienate his new teammates. He doesn't know the way of things. Yeah. Keeps wearing shoes everywhere. You yeah. know, he's uh, spitting on the field, which is sacrilegious. Yeah, starting fights, doesn't tap his hat. The thing is, they tell him they tell him not to like spit on the field, like from the get go. Mm. This motherfucker spits on the field throughout the entire movie. Yeah, at the end, he as just well. doesn't it's, care. But dude. Mr. Baseball. Mr. There's baseball. no baseball without spitting. <laughs> what, what else is there? It's hitting, yeah. catching, and spitting. And that. Some throwing. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> fucking chewing tobacco is gross. Man. Yeah, so so disgusting. <laughs> and yeah. it always, always like drools down <laughs> their face and it's like, oh, god damn. He believes that the uh, rules and the management style of his new skipper, who's Uchiyama, played by Ken Takakura are ludicrous and he continues to do things his way, which is uh, leads his already dwindling performance to suffer even more, especially when they introduce him to the famous Japanese pitch, the Shuto. Shuto. What the hell was that? Shuto. Shuto. What the hell is a Shuto? Great equalizer. Which he can't fucking hit. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, but what 
isn't it? What in the shooter? Is it like a speedball? Like, what are they doing? Is it like a trick fucking throw that they're fucking it, with them? It's a bit of an off-speed pitch. It's just like one of these things that's like similar to like a slider or a, um, or like a cutter. They're like these pitches. So like you have your fastball, um, mm, which, which is, is fun. Just the heat. And like, <laughs> bring uh, the heat. Bring that Miami heat. <laughs> there's like the four-seam fastball, which is like, it's just based on how you hold the baseball and how many seams your fingers are covering. But like okay. the four seam fastball, you're just throwing it and it's like kind of as hard as you can. Your finger flips off of it. And based on the way you're holding it on your, like holding the seams, it will just go straight and fast and like rotate. Um, okay, cool. And they get really into like how like pitchers and stuff, like uh, how to throw the baseball, like perfectly. Yeah, that curveball, that shit's yeah, crazy. They get like so into it, and uh, it's just such a science now today. Back then, it was just like, whatever, just throw that shit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, so you have curve balls, which would like, it's just the way you hold your hand on it, and it just makes the ball curve. Mm. Uh, all these other pitchers are like off-speed pitches, so you're like mm. taking speed off of it. It's just like you're putting your fingers in different positions, to like on the ball and um, to make, or it might release slightly different out of your hand or whatever. So that like the way you throw it, it, uh, it breaks weird. So like the shooto is like a weird slider style pitch where it comes in and it just like breaks. So it looks like it might look like it's a fastball coming in. And then as soon as it kind of gets to the plate, the way the pitcher's thrown it, it just like just turns like right yeah, when it they, comes in and he can't hit nothing it. Nothing but air. Yeah. He can't like he's not used to it. And like it's a pitch is largely famous in Japan. So not many American baseball players will like throw that style of pitch, but they'll throw other pitches that are kind of similar. It's just like well, the way it I'm gonna say why wouldn't you always throw that then? <laughs> well, I mean, they clearly did. But once uh they realized it was his weakness because he wasn't listening That's true, to true, yeah, Ujiyama. and he wasn't hitting anymore. Yeah. But he kept giving me a hit for his hand over and stuff. And yeah. Okay. What's it called when they throw the ball right at the hitter's head? Uh, <laughs> like a bean ball. Like bean you're being in the being in the pitch. Sorry, being in the player. Cool. It's not cool, especially to the head. No, it's not cool. Yeah. yeah. Like it, like you got you know, the fucking people, helmet. People do hit people from time to time. It's funny, like when you get into usually the whole, an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they hit. I mean, sometimes they do it on purpose. Uh, because you know, it's just like, it's Fuck part of the you. game. It's yeah. part of the game. It's sometimes like, uh, if a player like hits a home run and they sort of, especially back in the day, it's starting to change a little bit, but guys still get mad about this, but they pimp their home run. Like, so they basically like, they might toss their back. Give it a fur coat, Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they, you know, they they hit hit a home run and they like you know throw their bat and just start like pumping themselves up and maybe oh, play to yeah. the crowd, play to their you know to their teammates. Yeah, people don't and like that. are going a bit slow around the bases, taking uh, the celebrating a little bit. Then yeah, yeah, you might have a pitcher who gets mad about that, and the next time the dude comes up, they hit him. Yeah, fair enough. All right, all right. Or I got you. I'm or sometimes following. if you I'm accidentally running. hit someone and they take it like they take it wrong, then they're gonna the next inning hit one of your players. So it's just like tit for tat sort of tit stuff. Tat, but yeah. if you're hitting to someone, you never throw it at their fucking head. Yeah. Like it yeah, can yeah, happen yeah. by accident. That's yeah. the thing about like baseball. It's like a, it's a weird wacky sport. Like guys are throwing really fast. Yeah. And sometimes it's just going to slip. Yeah. And it like, it'll hit people in the face and the head and it's scary. It's like horrible. But like, yeah, I like how in Japan though, there's like the tipping the tip of the of cat. That. And it's, 
it's done. Yeah. Like, because when he, hit, he gets hit in the head, that's an accident. Yeah. And when he gets hit on purpose, that's in, like, in the ribs or something. So even that guy knows not to hit him in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the character of Uchiyama, who's played by Ken Tak- Takakura, is, uh, he's very closely based on the guy named Sunichi Hoshino, who played for the Chunichi Dragons from 1969 to 1982. And then he managed the Dragons from 1987 to 1991. And later again from 1996 to 2001. I think he even managed the Japanese professional baseball team, like um, like Team Japan, uh, and like maybe the World Baseball Classic or possibly the Olympics. Uh, Hoshino was a dominant pitcher who was supposed to have been drafted by the Yumori Giants, but they broke their promise. And he was picked up by the Dragons. And when he was picked up by the Dragons, he grew a profound hatred for the Giants. They even called him the Kyojin Killer, which means Giants Killer. Uh, (laughs) And uh, it was mainly because he was really successful against them as well. And this made him really popular fans who were sick of seeing the Giants win the championship every year. And his outspoken hatred of the Giants turned him into a fan favorite. So that's why, like, so basically Uchiyama and the Dragons management, they, like, badly wanted to beat the Giants in this film. Yeah. Um, and Uchiyama is supposed to be playing this style of character who was a former player who was a big shot and stuff, but mm-hmm. instead of a pitcher, a batter. Um, yeah. Like a, a top-notch batter. Uh, but yeah, Jack's only ally on the team is another American baseball player named Max Hammer Dubois, played by Dennis Haysbert. Yeah, it's fun to see him. I'm just like, oh, I, I, for some reason, the main thing I know him from is major 20. I, I'm thinking of 24. 24. Like, oh, yeah. And then, I'm, and then I was like, going on, I was like, the oh, All-State this reminds me of Major League. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. But going on, I was like, yeah, this kind of reminds me of Major League. Yeah. So I swear that guy's in Major League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I Google it. Yeah, yeah. He plays Serrano, the, uh, the bad juju. The oh, yeah, yeah. The voodoo guy, which is yeah. also slightly weird and possibly racist. All right. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in Heat as well, which is badass. Um, but yeah, he, he commiserates with uh, Max about his frustrations and everything. And Max tries to like show him the way, which he doesn't really listen yeah. to until a point where he kind of pisses Max off as well. Yeah, man. Get rid of all his goddamn friends. But yeah, Max, he's like a team player and stuff. And he continues to warn Jack Elliott to be in... Jack has, you know, no time for that shit. But at the same time, Jack is developing a relationship with uh, the PR agent, Hiroko, who's played mm. by Aya Takanashi. And basically her only film role. <laughs> She's great. She's this. really yeah. good. It's really yeah. weird. You wouldn't know that. Like, this was, I think, her first film. She did, like, two other things that weren't real, like, actual movies. Or, or like, if they were, they were just, like, made for TV or direct to DVD in Japan. No, again, I was worried she showed up and I'm just like, I was like, oh man, yeah. just get, they're going to hook up. Obviously they're going to hook up. Yeah. Why, why is she here? And like, I just, I don't want to, you know, it's just, it could, it could turn into what she's afraid of in that, like the foreigner comes over yeah. and, you know, sort of taking advantage of the locals. But she is a really interesting, well-drawn character with her own agency that had significant effect on the plot. And like it's it's great. Like I, I really I didn't see that little twist coming with the uh, you know with her being Uchiyama's daughter. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit! You just showed up the house, and you know I'm not calling it. And then you get this wonderful sort of 
like uh, like you know guess who's coming to dinner theme <laughs> yeah. and where they're arguing around the table yeah um but it leads to like my favorite bit of the movie which is them two working together and then like i was jacked for the ending man like that last <laughs> game i got so into it yeah and i just i really liked all their stories coming together like i believed all three of them mm. i believed this woman who's like trying to you know get this guy to listen and this other guy to talk and you know and one guy trying to you know recapture his golden years and another guy trying to keep his job and like all three having to work together to yeah. do that and accomplish <laughs> it and it just it, you just it's just all it's just like wealth of like development and like growth happening underneath this movie that starts springing out in the middle and it actually it just worked it just actually naturally comes together it reminds me in a weird way of 13 going on 30 <laughs> and just yeah. that like i think it had whoever this director was don't know what his intention was but like he made this like better than it had any right to be all the yeah. writers did whatever yeah just could like even the way it sh- I love the way this movie is shot and I love the way it's cut. Yeah. It's got all these really interesting montage sequences in it, like especially how they show the game and how they are cut together with people watching it in different areas of the country. I really, really like that. Yeah. And everything's really intense and it's got some really interesting camera moves. So all that stuff is just that. Sorry, I went off fucking no, tangent no, there. Cool. Like- but yeah, but she, she's great. And she just like she was surprising the whole movie surprised me i'm probably giving this movie too much credit (laughs) no we've watched a lot of shit we've watched a lot of shit together yeah and so when i come in and i'm expecting it to be shit and i'm kind of pleasantly surprised you know i'm I'm happy about it no it's fun i mean like those you're right those scenes in the stadiums and stuff are really fun like the way Mm. the game is shot looks really cool like even like if we go back to the opening dream sequence it's shot really cool yeah. Like the the way the ball just comes whizzing in is really cool. And then once they get into Japan, like the like I want to go to a Japanese baseball game. It's oh it fuck like a yeah. Riot, I haven't man. I'm having like, fucking ramen while you're ramen. watching. You got people like just banging shit. It's just a madhouse yeah. in those stadiums. It looks really fun, man. And like everybody's so on board. It's huge. Like baseball is huge. <laughs> so it's it's cool, man. Like it it looks really really fun and mm. the way they even like yeah even the way they shoot the games in japan are really fun uh and it, it like they don't cheap out they don't is that true about the i don't know what an inning is but do you, <laughs> is it true that what they half they do half the innings and they can end on a tie in japan can i like that's something i do know about American baseball, if that shit can go on for fucking days. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but why like that... Jack was so upset. I, to be honest, I don't really know. I don't know mm. fully like all the rules of game over in Japan. To be honest, yeah. like uh, I'm assuming that stuff is true. Yeah, I would assume so as well. I mean, largely the the game is really, really similar. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's not much differences. I mean, to be honest, like it's basically because like after World War II, when America took over Japan basically to like, you know, disarm their military and all that, the nasty sort of side of that. Um, of course. Get yeah. rid of their empire. They uh, gifted them the game of baseball, like during, like kind of during the war and like after the war. So mm. that's how like. Hit baseball like, and hit rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. So that's how like places like Japan are so passionate about baseball, but it was other places as well, like uh, Taiwan and 
I love that um, shirt. Right, so yeah, I love that. Cool. We interrupt this program for a quick word from our sponsors. Big hit, happy body. Happy, happy. What's a C? Big hit, vitamin. Happy, happy. 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 But yeah, I mean, it's some dodgy territory that they sort of skirt with Jack and Hiroko. Like you do kind of think that they they're going to play that sort of like all white man coming over. Like, it's just a bit weird. Teacher, teacher, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the, the Asian lady about his ways, yeah. about his masculine ways. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is it's just kind of strange. I mean, and then, like, you already had, like, it made me laugh really hard because, like, it's such a weird line. I mean, you already had Jack saying, like, who wants a mustache ride? <laughs> which is, like, oh. Uh. I didn't, honestly, and that went over my head the first time, and <laughs> yeah. she repeated, and I was like, wait, that's, <laughs> wait, that's really fucking dirty. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Jesus I was like, Christ. is that the only reason you have a mustache, dude? <laughs> it's so you can use that line? Yeah. Could they ask him to shave it, I yeah. think? And he's just like, no. No. He's <laughs> like, that stays with me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to. Until it gets in the way of my swing, not coming off. Which is funny, though, because I don't think he would have had a mustache on the Yankees. The Yankees are notorious uh, for having clean shaven players. God damn it, shave so- those sideburns. <laughs> 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 you heard me, hippie. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but like you said, yeah, Hiroko is a pretty strong character at times, and she does talk about she wants to be an independent woman with a career. Mm. Um, but yeah, she does kind of fall to the whims of Jack. We'll come back <laughs> to that a little bit yeah, later. Yeah. But yeah, Jack is still he's struggling to regain his MVP caliber play, and he's continuously devastated by the Japanese Shuto. He mm. continues to break the rules, uh, and yeah, he gets into a big trouble when he starts this massive brawl um, on on the field. Uh, that bit's great. He gets suspended. Yeah. Yeah. Uchiyama is also told that he's going to be replaced by, uh, replaced as manager of the club by the team's upper management, and that the whole Jack Elliott experience has brought big disgrace to the club. Dishonor. Mm. It's all about honor, bro. Yeah, we learned that it was, uh, you know, his his idea. So yeah, like Love you said, it. Hiroko takes Jack to meet her family, but it just all happens that Uchiyama is whole daddy. So you get the, the family dinner scene, traditional Japanese dinner sitting around the table. Looks beautiful, like kind of a nice house and stuff. And uh, the family's slurping the noodles. Jack's learning the whole thing about like, oh, it's actually, you know, polite to slurp your noodles mm-hmm. really it loud. It means you're enjoying the meal. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's just like a, a weird scene because it, like Jack obviously is uncomfortable and this is total fish out of water territory you're getting into. But like. You know, he starts to slurp really loudly and it's supposed to be kind of played up for yucks. And that's where mm. it's like you could see like, oh, they're giving some like they're trying to give a bone to like the American yeah. audience here. Like, Ooh, yeah, aren't they silly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so apparently there's a lot of writers for this film and it started out to be a baseball comedy that explores the cultural differences between Japan and the United States drafted by Theo uh, Pelletier. And mm. he's a writer with no credits to his name so it was just like he had this idea and then it was turned into a screenplay by <laughs> that it sounds like a first movie mr baseball <laughs> mr baseball uh, it, it was turned into a screenplay by monty merrick and gary ross who was the co-writer of big starring tom Hanks. oh there we go and uh when chapesi came into the picture tom Selleck had already been cast as a lead and he basically had this like Hulk Hogan contract in his claws where he had final say over the script. 
And oh, he had like he could yeah. approve. He had like final approval. Yeah. So this resulted in this guy named Kevin Wade coming in to polish things up for Selick, and then Universal <laughs> was taken over by by Matsushita, uh, which would then become Panasonic. And they it was were bought by a Japanese company yeah. while writing this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And they were very concerned about the issues of cultural sensitivity and depictions of Japanese characters. So they of course. recruited this man named John uh, Junkerman, who had an experience with writing and directing films about Japan to rework the story and to write in comical cultural clashes, which would uh, then just be written by Kevin Wade to accommodate Tom Selleck. So it was very messy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all yeah. of the jokes are essentially Tom Selleck doesn't know any other country besides America. Yeah. Where he's like, well, where are, where are those guys, you know, with robes and those little bald guys running around with robes? And it's just like, these are different places. Man. Yeah. Like, you know? how did you like, make he doesn't understand. Life? <laughs> he doesn't understand that, like, Japan, like, has cities. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's just like, oh, it just looks like Cleveland, but you can't understand the, can't read the signs. <laughs> like, that's the sort of dumb it gets. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Chapessi said that it was supposed to be about cultural differences using the, the baseball game, but it, it was also much funnier stuff. When he goes down to see the father and there's the noodle scene, all of that, that's the kind of humor that would have been throughout the whole film. Again, the studio and Tom Selleck had script approval, which I didn't realize when I agreed to do it. I went in to help them out. They didn't understand it, so they pulled it into the conventional. So it's like, I don't know, maybe Chapessi didn't really have the best knowledge of how this film should be played. Yeah, it sounds like he wants I didn't more, want of the more of that. Yeah. He wanted more of like, Oh shit. I want these people funny. Like, I think that's the best part about this film that they yeah. don't overextend their like races. <laughs> undertone, yeah. You know? What do you, do you mean like by more conventional, do you mean less racist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in which case I'll take it. Maybe Tom Selleck, you know, would write to have final say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, again, I I don't know like what Tom Selleck was on board for and all that. I don't really, I've not done a deep dive on this man as a person and stuff, so I don't know what makes him tick and what but, he finds but, funny. But you know, the first thing they sat down, Tom Selleck sits down, and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna do this movie." And Tom Selleck is like, I'm "Not shaving the mustache." <laughs> and they're like, "We didn't." We There's didn't a line about it. that. He's like, he's like, "Yeah," they're like, "We're not asking to." He's like, "I'm not." Shaving the mustache. Yeah. You can't make me give me my $20 million. <laughs> They're like, we're not making you do it. I definitely, I quit. <laughs> They're like, I don't know. He's really afraid about it. And then he shaved it for some fucking law and order show. Yeah. And he looked really weird. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a mustache in, in and out. Ah, well. it's weird. No, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> There's a bit in Friends where like he, you know, obviously he was a long running character on Friends. When he comes back, I think he sh- has shaved and he looks really weird. Yeah. Tom Selleck is the Tash, man. <laughs> and I would tell him that to his fucking face. <laughs> Uchiyama admits to Jack that he hired him over the objections of the management and now his own career, not just Jack's, is in jeopardy. So Dragon's management wanted Pete Clifton from Boston, but Uchiyama pulled some strings with management to pick Jack because. He was the right choice to turn this team around. After hearing this, Jack Elliott, he swallows his pride and he admits that, you know, he has some deficiencies and mm, he is a dick. Except acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. And Uchiyama becomes his mentor and a rare show of hum- humility. Jack apologizes to his team in Japanese. Uh, he 
The team then rallies around them and teaches them the values of sportsmanship and respect for hard work. So it's actually mm-hmm. really nice. I think this is a really nice Genuinely, art. It could yeah, have been nice way lessons. worse. Yeah, um, no, they, they all it all paint off. Yeah. Uchiyama lists his suspension and then he begins to work with Elliot on improving his play. And then the reinvigorated Elliot's enthusiasm for team play is contagious and the mediocre Dragons become contenders for the Central League pennant. So in the process, he also uses a Japanese tradition of being able to tell off Uchiyama while intoxicated to convince him to encourage the players to be more aggressive and have a little bit more fun. So this is you talking about bringing in that Americanism. Uh, yeah. You got to, yeah. you got to play hard. Yeah. Got to have fun. You got to have fun and you got to be able to fight and like steal second and yeah. that thing, right? Stealing plates and yeah, plate I think, faces. Yeah. I think like, <laughs> fuck that's the sort of idea though, that like in Japan, it's disrespectful you, to do certain things. Yeah. There's, there's a, a bit of, disrespect and then also like maybe you're taking chances you shouldn't take and there's a little bit more of a conservative style of playing sure sure so uh which makes sense i mean sometimes you could do some things that are really flashy and cool and crazy and it could be like a sports center highlight but Mm. it could also backfire very easily and cost you runs you know Mm. so maybe you let the ball drop in front of you pick it up and get like you know keep the that's what he learned dude that's what mr baseball learned the The guy who takes all the risk and constantly throwing his team out on the line yeah learned to take one for the team absolutely uh eventually elliot gets a call from his american agent and he has uh ponytail his fucking horrible ponytail (laughs) yeah jesus christ yeah uh, his positive response to the news that the Dodgers, not the Dragons, Your the face. Dodgers, uh, are interested in bringing him to play first base. Hmm, Freddie Freeman. Uh, but this <laughs> complicates his relationship with Hiroko. So this is where it gets weird again with like the 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 contract because there's like agents like the Dodgers are looking for someone, but like what's he? He's playing in Japan. And you can't, <laughs> can't trade. Just keep, he you just can't just trade it. Flip flop. What are the Dodgers going to come and like? Like I just yeah, it's silly. They would have to trade right with Japan if that works. I can maybe see the Dodgers coming if he's like a. I don't know if he's not. It's because we have to take trades out because trades aren't happening. <laughs> this isn't happening. But I can it maybe see what trading is. Yeah, but I can maybe see the Dodgers coming in and maybe like making an offer and like taking him out, you know, back mm-hmm. to America. But at the same time, it doesn't really work that way. Because like players, like usually if they have contracts with the team, they have to honor the contract. Yeah, and, that's what contracts are for. Yeah, and also like these Japanese players that like are part of a team, they have to be like a lot of times nowadays they're being posted. Which means that they like basically their team who owns their contracts uh, puts them up for dibs for major league teams to basically bid on them. And they have to pay a lot of money to that team in order to sign this player. Um, And it can be very expensive. Okay. For instance, this guy named Seiya Suzuki was just signed uh, to play for the Cubs. And the Cubs, I think basically spent a hundred million dollars all around. They give him like a $85 million deal or something for oh, a few shit. years. But then like they had to pay an extra like 15 million or whatever to shipping his team. <laughs> shipping cost. <laughs> shipping container. <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah. So uh, we get to the big finale 
Uh, you have the agent there. You have a scout from the Dodgers in the stands. Jack's new film, Respect for His Team uh, and Team Play, becomes apparent in a crucial game against the Yumi Mori Giants. And it's, uh, you know, to see who goes to the championship. So the classic baseball the classic, movie formula. Yeah, it's not even the championship. It's to see who goes to the championship. No, but this is a big deal mm. because the Giants always win. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they have. They're even their team leader, Mukai, who uh, has been pretty critical of Jack throughout, uh, gets in on a joke by like setting Jack's shoelaces on fire, which he, he's he been doing to people throughout the film. So, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of a lot of fun. That sort of stuff happens in baseball. Baseball is very similar to like pro wrestling and in, in the mm. sense of there are a lot of ribs and gags and love, goofs. a lot of horse yeah. play. Um, Old boy club. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jack also, you, as you start to learn about this, they talk about it a little bit about Jack being able to break Uchiyama's record of seven consecutive games with a home run. Did any of that sort of like, like, were you kind of lost? I, 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 no, I, I, I understood that. And then yeah. I, I appreciate the end, how they got to do both where he didn't break his record, yeah. but they still win. But he got mm. to challenge the record. Yeah. Essentially. And he learned respect and honor because it would be, disrespectful for a fucking gaijin to come in and break yeah 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 know, like a national hero yeah like record i got i i understood that, that a, bit of it yeah it's a big deal like uh it's very much like the way i mean in pro wrestling you know like we use terms I, that i, know I like you know, that. like yeah. uh but like gaijins you know it's rare for them to come over to win the big title or to, mm-hmm. to win a uh big tournament in japan yeah. uh and it's also very rare for them to repeat on that success like you know mm-hmm. for instance an aj styles winning like the iwgp title two yeah. times was a big deal yeah stan so, hansen back in the day yeah it doesn't happen often so yeah it's uh so yeah in baseball terms it's very similar they just don't want these guys coming over to break the record so it was a big I would, deal i was i was down for that like yeah. i get i get that yeah could i likened it to wrestling yeah 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 uh so yeah jack wasn't getting pitches the entire game and that happens a lot uh hard pack on Barry Bonds and his historic season where he basically like hit 73 home runs or 72 home runs uh mm. broke the single season record and I mean that's a monster amount of home runs in a in a year but that was um, a monster amount of steroids yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like he was also just a good hitter yeah, though exactly, regardless yeah. and he like like steroids can't teach you how to hit no, I it agree. Give you yeah, some power. Yeah, but yeah. like he he basically was such a good hitter that people were afraid to pitch to him. So like he had the most walks out of <laughs> anyone. Like and yeah. he was just always on base. And uh yeah, it's crazy. Like if you want to get into some of those like money ball numbers, he his, gets his, on his base. stats. Mm, yeah. His OPS mm. is uh <laughs> yeah, is um through the roof. But yeah, anyway, like it's it, it's funny. So yeah, the scene Jack, he's you know taunting the opposing pitcher. He like turns his uh his bat upside down because he can't get a you know a strike. They're just mm-hmm. not giving him anything. That was apparently yeah. based off of a real incident, like a Western player named Randy Bass playing for the Hashin Tigers, who is uh, challenging Japan's single season home run record in 1985. Yeah. Did that by turning around his baseball bat in protest because they weren't giving him anything because they didn't want to break the record. Yeah, they couldn't hit. That's yeah. really fucking interesting. So we get the Mr. 3000 uh, 
ending here. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Mr. 3000 with uh, yeah, yeah, Bernie yeah. Mac. With Bernie Mac, It's a of very course. similar sort of ending. All right, so the bases are loaded. Mr. 3000. <laughs> Two outs. The team's down 6-5, and the team brass expects Uchiyama to signal for a bunt to try mm. to tie the game. Did I read that right? So, a, a bunt. Uh, this is really of, what a bunt works for. It's missing in baseball these days. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, it's it's a thing that they don't really do a lot. Uh, some smaller teams like the like that don't have all the money to get all the big power hitters, and they have to like be scrappy, basically the way they play and win games. Yeah, they have will, to be strategic. They will. Yeah. They will bunt. And sometimes you bunt if there's like shifts and stuff. Moneyball really screwed up baseball to the point where people like they're so analytical about they they know nine out of ten times this guy's gonna hit the ball in that direction if he gets if he gets a hold of the ball. Mm-hmm. And they just stack their players in that in that area. So it's just sure, like sure. You, you, there's a big wide open gap here. So sometimes a guy will throw a bunt down, and then mm-hmm. they can easily get to first base. So yeah, like bunts, you don't see them as much anymore. But to throw down a bunt on a two out play is very risky. <laughs> like <laughs> you don't do that with two outs because yeah. like a bunt, literally, you're hitting the ball in a direction it's usually used as a sacrifice. So it's usually used Mm -hmm. to move a runner over from first base to second base or from second base to third base. You are, you're still in the game. If you're, it's a very easy, it's just about staying in the game, not winning the game. Like even you see what he does. So he doesn't signal for the bunt. Sorry. And Jack is confused, even though it's a chance that Elliot could break this home run record. And, you know, he goes over to Uchiyama and asks him if he read, read that sign correctly. Uchiyama, Uchiyama nods and he tells him to swing away. So, you know, Jack goes up and he takes a called strike with a questionable call on the first pitch. Elliot fouls the second pitch back and then he's faced with a no ball, two strike count. Don't bunt. You don't bunt on this. But (laughs) Elliot sees the Giants infield is playing deep. So he lays down a bunt and he runs. The Giants are caught off guard and he's just booking it down. But as you can see, that place is that that play is so close because yeah. like he even has to nudge and knock the guy. He, basically. he knocks that dude off. Yeah, like, he knocks the dude off, which is very dodgy as well because you can get thrown out for that shit as well. Mm. So like, he just steamrolls <laughs> this dude. The guy mm. drops the ball and he's he's safe and the run two runs score and they win the game. So it's like a very awesome ending but it's also like kind of in baseball terms it's like damn dude that's like ballsy because you don't lay down bunts in that situation (laughs) you wouldn't do that yeah like even if even if you're talking about okay this is a japanese team that doesn't want this white man to win to to break a record Mm. you but you still want to win (laughs) (laughs) you don't you wouldn't expect him to throw down a bunt anyway yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, and they seem it. pretty okay with it yeah. as well. They're just like, we just want to win. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. guy, you know, that's what the coach is doing as well. He's like, you know, I'm taking a risk on this. But that's what, so is he telling, is that he's saying go for the bunt or is Tom Selleck taking Oh, that was the, his own agency, man. He like, that, that was yeah. it? I thought it was like, oh, they knew what they were doing there. Because last time he did the opposite, and this time he did the opposite. Yeah, he saw where they were at, and there was also a bit of like a, like I think a respect you know, respect game, you know, respect. Respect. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting ending, but you know, it's really fun. This is the baseball. The dragons win the pennant. Uchiyama Mm. 
you know, can keep his job thanks to Jack and, you know, Max, who looked like he had a massive game, uh, ends his five year career in Japan by signing with the Los Angeles, jo- Los Angeles Dodgers in Jack's place. And good for him. <laughs> the film ends with Jack, who is now married to Hiroko, who, by the way, is hilariously sitting in the stands like one of the blonde Bambies. I mean, yeah. like, I think that's so funny because, like, okay, yeah, maybe she's businessing, but she's still out in the stands. She's businessing, yeah. She's still on the stands. She's kind of become what she didn't want yeah. to be Man, in the end, a- which was like a prop. Yeah, which we yeah. don't know. It, it's an in- indeterminate amount of time. We don't know mm, if it Jack, been years. like, yeah, we don't know if Jack like finished up that season because he obviously did stay in Japan. He didn't go to the Dodgers. He stayed in Japan. They should have had it with a kid or something, you know, and it would have been like, oh, it's been like five six yeah. years and, he, and now he'd come back. Like, we don't know if he made it back to the majors mm. uh, or if he st- stuck around Japan for a few more years, had a nice little footnote to his career or what, but he's a coach and a mentor with the Detroit Tigers. And we Call s- me chief. Yeah. The whole chief thing. <laughs> Mr. Chief. Mr. Chief. Um, but yeah, he's wearing the uh, tiger's cap and like the mm. whole him becoming a tiger at the end was, uh, you know, that was his actual tiger's cap. And he used to wear that all the time on Magnum PI because he was a big fan of the Detroit yeah. Tigers. And I think he was even a minority shareholder of the team back in the day. So oh, wow. yeah, that was just a nod to his own. He got to fandom. represent. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So filming of Mr. Baseball took, Placed primarily in Nagoya with uh, limited filming in Tokyo, Florida, and New York. Uh, they filmed mostly in Nagoya Stadium, which was the home of the Chinichi Dragons from 1948 to 1997. They had thousands of local extras like sitting in, just volunteering to be in the stands for the games. Uh, and they even braved a typhoon at one point to cheer on <laughs> the fictionalized dragons. Oh my God. All the uniforms, the caps, the training gear featured in the film were actually authentic. So they didn't really cheap out on this. I mean, I don't know what kind of deal they made with like the Nippon Professional Baseball League. Mm. But uh, it's pretty cool, man. Like they had all that stuff like the Los Angeles Dodger, Dodgers inspired uniforms that the Dragons were wearing were like pretty much like the same that they wore from 1987 to 1996. So it was legit. Um, and that Detroit Tigers cap that was all authentic and stuff. And I guess the Yankees gear and stuff was all authentic. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool. Like, I think that's what helped. Like, I think sometimes you watch a film that's based on sports and stuff that like just doesn't look realistic because mm. they cheap out but on the important details like uniforms. Yeah. So I, I, I do appreciate that about this film. And it, it was actually kind of nice because it was in Japan. It was something different. You don't see that. Like maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe Mr. Baseball really was ahead of his time because like back in the nineties and stuff, when this film came out, it opened in 1992 in October and it's first weekend, it grossed $5 million, but it came in third behind the last of Mohinkins and the mighty ducks. I saw, I saw what it ran up against. I'm like, Oh fuck, that's a a tough tough week, man. Yeah. Um, uh, It went on to make, 20.8 20.8 million in the US. Surprisingly, it wasn't really a big hit anywhere else, you know. Not in um, Japan? Not even Japan. It made 1.5 billion yen, which is around 1.25 million dollars. Mm. Uh and yeah, Universal failed to recoup its 40 million dollar budget for the film. So 
Yeah, it was Poor a bit of, bit of a bomb. I, I think it's a weird one because it is. It does blur that adult humor sort of side. So kids aren't watching this shit. No, yeah, I get the sort of like who is that movie for? It's not yeah. like it's not trashy sort of yeah comedy. It's not kid movie. It's kind of serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that drink. It's to a it. bit of a rom com vibe mm. to it uh, with the sports edge to it, but like it doesn't. I think maybe it's that thing. It doesn't go hard enough on like being sleazy and trashy in a way that it could in that sort of term of like late eighties, early nineties comedies that like would have like an audience like to yuck it up with Tom Selleck because it chose to be a little bit more, you know, reserved and conservative mm. about how it portrayed the Japanese people in the film, which is which actually the film. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. actually surprising and like really, you know, makes it more palatable in a mo- with a modern lens, you know, because there's mm. not anything where I'm looking back on this going, that's a bit gross, you know, no, like today, no. like, you know, if I, if I watch certain films, they have like Asian characters, even like the hot chick was worth <laughs> Yeah, way You worse. know what I mean? Yeah. And this would, that would f- 10 years later. 10 years later. Yeah. I mean, if you have like, uh, even like sports movies, like, um, I think major league two has a, Japanese player who joins the team. And I feel oh, like no. it's very dodgy. Some of the stuff they do with him. Uh, mm. It's just, yeah, you can go really, really wrong, you know, having very like quickly a Japanese player being portrayed in an American movie. So I don't know, maybe it just didn't fill. Maybe Tom Selleck wasn't the, the leading man that universal ho- hoped he would be. That's what the movie felt like. Maybe he needed a better vehicle, or maybe this movie would have hit better with Harrison Ford. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) That man could play ball. Uh, Siskel and Ebert, in their review for the film, commented on its formulaic plot and lackluster writing, but they also praised the film for its realistic crowd shots, direction, and Jerry Goldsmith's soundtrack, which is actually pretty fun. It's good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good soundtrack. It's got this sort of... um, it's got the classic, it starts and ends with that sort of classic baseball game, but it's got that sort of cool, uh, like, Asian pop yeah. uh, remix to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Janet Maslin in the New York Times singled out Tom Selleck's performance, uh, praising the writing and everything, and said the character of Jack, who's being sent to Japan, is the impetus for Mr. Baseball provides Mr. Selleck with something unusual, a movie that actually suits his talents. Mr. Selleck's easy uh, going self-deprecating manner works perfectly mm. well when he lo- lets himself look silly as he often does here. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I true. definitely agree. I think it's a bit of a like, sleeper film, man. People are sleeping on it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a solid little movie. It is. It's not fucking breaking any ground, man, but like it would solid. Yeah, it was like really fun and like actually really well thought out and it was enjoyable and like not not up there yeah. with baseball movies because it's a bit particularly baseball. It's like a really well worn movie sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not at the bottom either. It's not it's at the bottom. To, it's, yeah, it's close to it's a it's like a middling, like you said. It's in the middle, but I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. And I thought Tom Selleck carried it, and I I'm surprised he didn't get. I'm surprised he didn't do better and he didn't get more out of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, I guess it was just a tough time, you know. It's tough to compete against the last of the Mohicans and then... The Mighty Ducks? The Mighty Ducks. But, hey, 
Happy 30th anniversary to Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball, Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Mr. Baseball, I'm only 30. <laughs> I think we're the only people in the world, maybe besides Tom Selleck, that's celebrating 30 years of <laughs> Mr. Baseball. Maybe not even Tom Selleck, you know? Maybe yeah. even he's like, fucking hell. I don't remember doing I that movie. <laughs> I don't know, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. On Mr. Baseball. Baseball. All right, guys. So, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, head over to at Mr. Baseball Pod on Twitter and you can follow us and let us know if you enjoy this and uh, get all your deets when the next episode drops because they're definitely going to be coming in hot and fast. Now that the baseball season is back on, baby, you got to have your films about baseball to go along with all that baseball you're watching. <laughs> Dude, I'm watching so much goddamn baseball right now. I can't even... I mean, it's like coming out of my ears. I'm just, just living and breathing the, the baseball. Until next time. That's the whole ball game, folks. Mm-hmm.